In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, how to get it all right. Every single thing in life and marriage, how to get it all right. Aren't you lucky you found this podcast? We'll be right back. Welcome back to another episode of Marriage. I am your host, Quincy Moran, aka the Q Dog. You can find more about me at quincymoran.com. And if you got something to say or something to comment on, you can email me at quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. And uh, I am in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, say a salutation if you like. Hello. Hello. And here we go. This um, obviously is like the Monty Python of podcasts when it comes to how to get it all right. Because there's no real way to get it all right. But don't leave the show. Don't leave. Because what I believe we can give you will be some helpful hints on how to get a lot of things right. And overall... The more that you are connecting and getting right with your spouse, the deeper your intimacy, and I'm not just talking sex, the deeper your intimacy will be. So with that being said, we have a listener, a faithful listener, who asked me the question. It's like, with all these principles, how do you, how do you maintain them so that some don't get left behind how do you keep them all in focus and all operating at the same time so you don't like so you don't fail that's ultimately it and my answer to him was you don't and that was hard for me to accept because i I'm, I'm looking at it going dude i'm i'm creating a process here and i believe it's a process can help guys it's a process that i've taken to better myself to redefine my life redefine my philosophy um, as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a professional. But I'm not a robot. So I can't, I can't do everything all the time to make sure it's right. And furthermore, you know, some might make fun of this, but I actually have feelings and emotion. <laughs> so I can't, like, just operate in a principle that's not relevant just to say that I'm doing it. So... What does getting it right look like? We have to, we use like our foundation as the principles of what our marriage are. But with life moving so quickly and things changing, um, you really have to be present to the moment in order to meet, you know, those needs and to show up for your responsibilities and your obligations. And all the principles are not going to they're not necessarily going to be needed at the same time. So it's not like you do process A and then process B and process C. If you're present in the moment and you understand the circumstances of the more you grow in your relationship with your spouse, you will know which one of these principles um, to put in place. Now, if you're anything like Jeannie and I, you will have all these great principles and sometimes you just won't use them <laughs> because you're a human being and things happen. And so you'll forget 
you know, to check in and say, hey, honey, how's your heart? Or you'll forget to speak up. Or you'll let your insecurities um, drive your lack of communication. Or you'll start to take something your spouse says as personal. Or you'll fight to be right uh, instead of for what's right in your relationship. Or you'll become the punisher when you've agreed not to punish your spouse. So there's any number of things that can happen. You don't always get it right. Um, but I've become a big believer in intentionality as well as motivation. What is the motivation of your heart? What is the motivation of your actions? And I think that if you take a step back and you review that, um, it will help you understand how you are getting it right, and then you can get feedback from your spouse. And feedback is not always easy. I know for Jeannie, for a long time there, feedback was and maybe still is a dirty word just because people... I, I tune it out. People took advantage of the access that she gave them to give feedback. And so that was kind of wrecked. But with that being said, here are the values. Uh, I developed this in my life and then applied it, you know, actually brought it to life uh, with my son when he was struggling. But it was it was like the silent principles I lived my life by, which uh, is 10 keys for a great life. This is kind of my value system. And it's like, uh, number one, follow the rules and instructions. Now people get all twisted up about that. But if you know what's right, I mean, just, just follow the process, follow the rules, follow the instructions. And yes, if somebody's changed the rules, I'm not even going to get that deep into it. That's what it is. Number two, have a good attitude. Just have a good attitude. Does it always work? No. Do your circumstances change your attitude? Sure they can. You're a human being. But I try to start every day out with a good attitude. Number three, be kind to everybody. Give people the benefit of the doubt. You have no idea what is going on in their life, so just be kind. Number four, if you know what's right, it's simple. Do it. That's it. You know what's right, do it. Number five, work hard every single day. Now, there's a subsection of that when you choose to rest, which I failed at this particular weekend. Um, as hard as you work, you should rest just as hard. And uh, we're in a part of our life where that's just really tricky because things need to get done in our new house. We've been here, what, six months? Um, we have girls that are learning how to drive. We have girls that need to get back and forth to work. So it's not like we have, you know, junior high kids and everybody's at home and we can just rest 100% of the time. But work hard every single day. And the next thing is like, number six is like improve yourself and get better every single day. You're in a competition with yourself from yesterday. And that is highly driven by your intentions and controlling the things that you can control. Focus on the things that you can affect, which is a subsection of that. Um, number seven, number eight, number nine, number ten. Number seven is, uh, I always, I don't know why, but I always forget this one, and then I come back to it. So number eight is be thankful. 
Number number seven is be thankful, have an attitude of gratitude. Uh, number eight is I care about my life and about my family. That's one I had to plug in there because Hunter was just in a really tough spot. And I care about my life and my family and the people that I love, so I'm very intentional about it. Number nine, no whining, no complaining. Doesn't mean you can never vent, but whining never fixed the problem. And number 10, one of the most crucial pieces of this is live, love, and forgive on purpose. And so those, that's like my value system. I place it right there. I'm not perfect at it, but I place it right there. And then I redefined my, redefined my personal philosophy. And then Jeannie and I went and we redefined our marriage. And we took the keys and the principles that Coach Rita taught us and we put those into a podcast and started to put them into practice. And so, you know, those are like the basis points from where you begin. And if you operate, if you put something together to say, well, what do I think about this and why? Now you can start to understand why you treat people, why you treat yourself, why you treat your spouse the way that you do. And if you, if you don't have guidelines, then you're just doing what you see. And then you're, you're a reactionary being to what people are giving you. You just mirror that. Not necessarily healthy. But when it comes to how to get it right in your marriage... It's the uh, oxygen mask philosophy. You need to know how to get it right for yourself. So that's where I always encourage people to begin. Honey, I've said a whole lot of crap here. Fair. Thank you for agreeing with me. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Or do we get into the marriage philosophy side of things? Because, um, you know, before we wrap it up, I would like to know, you know, what are we doing now based on our principles? What are we not doing? And what do we have need to change? Like what part of the process? So um, before we get into that, where, where are you at on that? Where are you at trying to, trying to hold it all together, trying to get it all right? What does that look like for you? I don't try to get it all right. I, I don't even bother trying to get it all right. There's no point. It's a frustration. It, it leads you down a path of constant disappointment so I don't try to get it all right I try to do what I can that's that's all I can do do I screw up all the time (laughs) all the time It, it is what it is I mean as long as you're making the effort genuinely making the effort and you're not intentionally like sloughing something off or you know being a douche because you want to you're in a mood you're not going to get it all right. No one is. Yeah. But there are things that you can choose not to do and, you know, kind of be a jerk about it. But as long as you're not choosing that path, I don't see how you couldn't get it right, at least a majority of the time. Yeah, and that's where that's where my thought of, and I thank God for, like, Ed Milet, who talks about where your confidence should be and puts a heavy part of the burden on your intentions and your motivations. If your intentions and your motivations are to love your wife and your family and to be the best version of you that you can, that is like Jeannie said, you're in the right place with the right mindset. And if you take those intentions and say, okay, I want, 
I want to better myself in this area. And when I started to better myself, um, you know, I had an idea of what I thought a good dad would be, what a good husband would be, etc. But I was out chasing other things because there were some things at home um, that were not being fulfilled. And so I didn't know that's what I was doing. But I was out there doing it under the frame of I've got to provide for this family, so I'm out working extra and doing other stuff. So when I, when I came to the point of understanding that, you know, I started reviewing my life, and it's like, well, when it comes to me, when it comes to Quincy Moran, what do I like and what do I not like? And I think that's a conversation that's okay to have. Um, I think in our current culture, everything is supposed to be acceptable. And in reality, it is not. So I looked at it and I said, you know, one thing that irritates the fire out of me is that I allow a particular person or a few people to cause me to lose my emotional intelligence. I didn't even know what emotional intelligence was at that time, but I just allowed them to rev me up and for me to go into attack mode. And I did not like somebody having, or I didn't like surrendering my control of my attitude to other people. So I'm like, I've got to do, I got to do something different. And part of the catalyst of that was a book by Coach Nick Saban, which if you I haven't said it in such a long time, I'm a humongous Alabama fan. So roll tie, people. If you're an Auburn fan, there's probably not a lot of hope for you. I just want to let you know that. I'm just kind of kidding. With that being said, I, there was a book that I bought, and it was from Coach Saban, and it's called How Good Do You Want to Be? And that was a very, very deep, thought-provoking question. I was like, wow, how good do I want to be? And so I started to review myself, and this came after Jeannie and I were in um, a Living Life by Design course, which is a self-improvement course through our church. And so it went from that um, and eventually made it to our marriage. We went to a marriage conference, and Jeannie started some personalized coaching with Coach Rita. And so, you know, things started to develop, but there was only so far that they could get until I kind of came into the picture. And we started talking about our marriage, but I was already on the path to changing myself. And there were people who did not appreciate that or didn't understand why. But it's something that I had to do, and I figured, you know, I wanted to be the gateway to my emotions. I wanted to be, I wanted to be the gatekeeper. Excuse me. I want to be the gate, the gatekeeper to my emotions and to my attitude and to my life. I was morbidly obese and sick of it. It's like a prison I couldn't get out of. So, I started to learn how I could, you know, redefine my life, develop my, um like redefine my philosophy and how I could start to live a different life. And that's kind of what I map out in this book. I mean, in this podcast um, and from a marriage perspective, I've found a place to begin. And so how do you, how do you get it all right? If we walk it right back to that question, there is a point where you need to come to terms with you and your spouse. And this is the point this is the, the best starting point that I have found after 12 years or more because we're in 2023. And uh, so this might be 14 years. Okay. So there you have it. Um, the, the best place to start is to have an honest discussion 
with yourself and say, okay, am I going to do or say something to intentionally hurt or harm my spouse emotionally? Am I going to manipulate my spouse on purpose to get my way? And once you come up with those answers, then you need to have that conversation with your spouse and say, legitimately, would you do anything? Like, I, would you do something on purpose to hurt me? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you can come, if you could come to the point, and I came to this realization about Jeannie years ago, where I fully just decided to embrace and trust her. Um, it's like, I don't believe my wife is going to intentionally do something to hurt me. So I'm going to open up the rest of this trust and I'm going to go on that basis. And that was a great starting point for us to just build upon the trust that we already had, because you have to get extremely vulnerable with your spouse at some point so that you can create and solidify that place of trust between you. So that's if you can mobilize right there, that is one step in the right direction to getting it all right because it's a foundational principle now for me. That's where I start. Now, we have other, we have other philosophies like, you know, uh, be an authentic listener. And that's like listening and not... And if you at any point you want to throw something in here, please do. Um, that being an authentic listener which is listening to understand rather than building your rebuttal as your spouse is talking. When it comes to not taking things personal, it's not your job to tell your spouse why he or she doesn't feel the way they feel right now. Now, you can qualify to clear things up, but it's not like, well, you should not feel that way. So you don't take those things personal. It kind of just is what it is for lack of, and I hate that phrase. It just is what it is. And there, that kind of, that leap, uh, leaps into the idea that you are a soft place to land. Like no matter how ugly you feel about something, I'm not going to take it personal. So just tell me where you're at. Tell me how you feel. And then we'll, we'll kind of move along to get to that principle of let's not fight to be right. Let's fight for what is right which legitimately isn't a fight. So let's work really hard for what's right in our relationship as opposed to fighting for what's right. Or excuse me, fighting to be right. Because ultimately, like Coach Rita taught us, if you're fighting to be right, that means your spouse has to lose. And that's not where we're at. We're actually man versus marriage. We're in this together. And we're winning in marriage. That's what we want to do. And so you take that and you get into the, the essence of what vulnerability is. I think early on, um, I think early on we called it how to get laid. You and Rita came mm -hmm. up with the title, how to get laid. And it was about vulnerability. So you have that there and being vulnerable to your spouse is just being honest, but a precursor to that. And I hope you guys are taking notes or planning to go back and take notes. A precursor to that is giving one another a principle like this came from a place of extreme insecurity for me. And Jeannie and I talked about, it. I was like, look, I took my upbringing from the South. I said, honey, I need to say something and it might come out ugly. 
and I'll do my best to clean it up afterwards. So you say, okay, say it ugly and clean it up is like the primer for vulnerability because you know if you have that freedom, you can be you can be vulnerable with your spouse and they're not going to use that against you. They're not going to use it um, to make fun of you. They're not going to use it to belittle you, but it's in safekeeping. And so you start to build on these principles. And I think some of them are like, for Jeannie and I have become subconscious now because we focused on them. Now that, that doesn't sometimes we forget and we don't do what we're supposed to do. We don't kind of run through the process um, because we're revved up on emotions. But those, those principles right there are what have helped us develop our relationship because ultimately if you're in a tough place, uh, relationship wise, you are likely harboring resentment. You're likely har- harboring disappointment. You're likely harboring bitterness and you're offended with your spouse. And a lot of times things are not what they perceive. So as you go through this process and you start learning how to communicate, the next thing you know is you're going to say something to your spouse and it might be kind of dicey. It might just be a basic conversation. And they're not going to get it well. They're not going to get to the point of what you're they're not going to get the point of what you're trying to make. So when I if I say something and you'll hear this on multiple podcasts or Jeannie says something and I'm not like catching the point. It's like, okay, so what you're saying is ABC. Now that's me taking the initiative. Sometimes she needs to go or I need to go and say, I say something and the face curls up and she's like, or we'll say, okay, what'd you, hold on a minute. What'd you hear me say? It's like, I heard you say ABC. Oh crap. That's, I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. Let me take another swing at it. And so when you get through that principle and you get to the point, like some of these arguments have gone on until like, I don't know, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, just trying to get to the place where something can be resolved. And you know, the thing that comes to mind is the whole service, mm-hmm. the whole service conversation that's etched in my mind because it's like, we just kept saying things and we just couldn't get to a place where it's like, because there are things in my mind that I couldn't, conceive of feeling about you but you were built on a place where the picture had been painted and that's the only way you could feel about a situation and it's like what are we doing here finally we were able to get there but we had to use the we had to use all these principles Mm -hmm. and finally it was like okay okay good now there's now there's a sense of accomplishment here that we are speaking the same language it's not always going to be this way, but when you start out, normally it's harder to gain momentum. And so you get to the point where it's like, hey, ABC. It's like, oh, wait a minute. What did you hear me say? Okay. DEF. No, I didn't say DEF. Here's what I said. This is my intention. And then you, you start to develop your, your own process of communication. And then you kind of move along and you get to the point where, you know, like it or not, there are parts of your personality and your spouse's personality that kind of clash and you operate 
and you don't think the same and you do things differently. So then coach Rita taught us about buzzwords. They're supposed to, they're supposed to really help us diffuse a situation that's intense. And when we use those buzzwords, we've negotiated beforehand say, when you hear this, okay, take a step back and process the moment. And the best one that, that we always point to is a speed bump. And so for Jeannie, her day's planned out. She's methodical about what she does. She puts it on the plan to get it done. And then I'm like, hey, we need, you know, this, that, or the other thing. I need you to do this. Well, it didn't work well because I would wreck her plan. Me, I can take those things and just kind of fold them into what I'm doing. I'm built differently than she is. And so when I got down to the point where it's like, this is not something she's doing intentionally. This is something, this is how she's wired and she handles things a certain way. So before there's a major change or something of that nature, what I will do is we will now both together text each other speed bump. And so we, it just gives you a moment to take a step back and go, okay, something's coming that I was not expecting. What does it look like? And then boom, put it out there. It just makes it easier to digest in the moment instead of just being this emergency WTF type moment. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, you get to the point where you start to re-engineer your life, you re-engineer your relationship, and then you start planning on how good do you want this relationship to be, and that's where you get to the what does it look like scenario so that you can help each other paint the picture um, of what your relationship is going to be. I'm, I'm big on being very intentional about your relationship. I'm very big on that. Because um, if you're not intentional about it, then your, your relationship is not going to grow. And if you guys are not growing, then you're going to start drifting. And if you drift apart, it's going to be a bigger mountain to climb. And that's not what we want for our relationship. We want our relationship to be great. So that is a map out. That's a map for you on how to get it all right. But set the expectation for excellence. Perfection is not going to happen. You're not a robot. I mean, shoot, our computers are robots, but they don't get it all right. Case in point, technical difficulties, it happens. It just happens. So with that, that is where it is. I hope this helped you. If it did not help you, you're probably an Auburn fan. Just kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um, you could be a Tennessee fan. <laughs> Oh, gosh. The rest of the world's like, hey, around the world, y'all deal with football. You're, you're committed to football, cricket, and other sports, so you get it. I'm sure you do. With that being said, that is all I have for this episode. Honey, I think you made two noises, three noises maximum. Um, but I did give you the, the opportunity to put input in there. No need. You got it covered. Okay, love. Well, she's Gina Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is man. Versus Marriage, the podcast.